0: Welcome to VR in Education.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR in Education. In today's episode, we're looking at VR and how it might help or enhance higher ed. The primary form of instruction for many college and university classes is via the lecture. This methodology might leave some students unengaged, maybe bored. So how could we get professors to break up their lectures, maybe providing more interactive learning modalities into their classes. Well, on the show today, we've invited Gary Burnett. Gary does research and teaching related to human factors slash ergonomics within the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Nottingham. Gary, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, One of the new terms for many of my listeners might be what you do. So, you know, given that I'm only five foot five inches, I'm keenly aware of the term ergonomics, especially when it comes to cars. You know, my first car, which was a beautiful Ford Comet GT. I Mm -hmm. literally had to put a pillow in the seat (laughs) so I could reach the dashboard. So back then, I don't think necessarily Ford or a lot of the car companies quite had the ergonomics down but w- what is ergonomics you know and what kind of tell us a little bit about what your job entails
0: yeah sure so um so yeah so what you're talking about there is particularly is is what i would see as physical ergonomics so this is really about the concept of fit um, uh, in that context within a vehicle so can you see what you need to see can you reach what you need to reach um uh do you know do you experience um any discomfort these sorts of things um, so, physical ergonomics is really important, and yeah, um, the, in the science of this, we need to understand the concept of anthropometry. So, about human body dimensions and their variations, so that you can accommodate as many people as possible within that constrained space of a of a vehicle. Um, my research, particularly, is more more focused around cognitive ergonomics, or what you know, some people may call human factors. So, this is about Um, uh, issues of perception and attention and decision making and trust and these sorts of things and for me as uh, it's those issues as it relates to future vehicles so we're you know we're bringing more and more touchscreens into cars what are the implications for driver distraction we're bringing more higher levels of autonomy within vehicles what are the implications for for trust Um, uh, and you know acceptance and and these sorts of things so um, yeah so I think this combination of physical ergonomics and cognitive ergonomics is is really interesting for vehicles.
1: Now that we've got that out of the way let's dive into sort of the theme of all of my episodes and that's of course virtual reality and you're using it quite a bit but we all have kind of our origin stories on what got us interested in VR in the first place and I'd love to hear yours Gary. Yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: I'm a classic example of someone who's been particularly impacted by the by the pandemic. Um but for, but gladly for me in a, in a positive way. Um I've I've always been a user of virtual reality um because in in my core research related to future vehicles we commonly use immersive driving simulators. Um and so for 20 years or so, you know, I've had a uh, a high fidelity driving simulator with a with an actual vehicle buck and and a big big um 270 degree screen and mirror displays and sort of aspects of motion um in order to to immerse you know uh, participants within a driving experience um so as a as a as a user of vr as a tool um I've been very familiar now edu- the, the the education side of it was, um, well, it was an interesting one because um, I've taught a module about simulation and virtual reality and human factors design issues for many years. Um, but, but come the pandemic, it was, well, okay, well, how am I going to run this module now? Um, I... I, I thought I wasn't going to be teaching it because I'd, um, I would had a big new research project with a major car company and that was going to buy me out of teaching for five years. But that, um, because of the pandemic, all fell through and I was sort of catapulted back into the university right in that first sort of lockdown period of sort of spring 2020 and sort of thinking, well, I'm going to be teaching this module now I didn't think I was, but I am going to be teaching this module about simulation and virtual reality. What's going to get really me really excited about doing this? And I knew I knew a certain amount about social VR. I'd given demos to the students about some of these platforms. You know, talk about you know how this was going to become more and more important. But then I thought, well, actually, the maturity of these platforms is such that I could do my whole module this way. We're not going to have in-person teaching. There's no way I'm doing this via Zoom or Teams. That was just, just wasn't going to work. Um, uh, And okay, so I thought, well, I'm going to spend my summer. um, I thought I was going to be doing this big research project. I'm not doing that. I'm going to spend my summer working out how to do this. Um, So I start exploring different platforms. I realize how important it is for me to have good accessibility in a platform. So it can it can work with VR headsets, but it can work on the desktop. It can work on tablets and phones. And and I get into well, what type of virtual room am I going to have? What virtual world am I going to provide? And that's where the concept of Notopia came along, that I'm going to make it a uh, this beautiful island where we're going to hang out with my students during, you know, the the worst of the pandemic and just have fun. And that's um that's really how it all started um and then you know being being a researcher um uh, at heart as you know as well as an educator, I realized very quickly that this was research that there wasn't really certainly no one in the u k and 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 a few people in the u s doing similar things to this i I thought, well, I'm going to capture data, so I get ethics clearance. I'm going to video the sessions. I'm going to survey the students. I'm going to write papers, and so it sort of took on its a life of its own. And then, you know, yeah, the, um, you know, the, the the feedback from students was just sort of out of this world. So, so yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey, really.
1: You know, Gary, you're you're obviously not the norm, and and kudos to you. You know, the norm in many higher ed institutions is, as I alluded to at the the start of the show, more the lecture method. And, you know, I listened to Ed Surge quite a bit out of the United States, and they recently Mm -hmm. had a podcast that investigated the lack of attendance by many college and university students after the pandemic because of boredom. So, you know, in short, Mm -hmm. students just, they just aren't believing in the college lecturing modality anymore it's just not worth them hearing Mm -hmm. now are there greater expectations from you know either your institution or maybe what you're hearing to make classes more interactive post-pandemic what's your thoughts on this
0: yeah this is really interesting um uh, interesting set of issues it's very complex set of problems and i think they they Yes, I think their their expectations have changed amongst students. I think um, they they've gone. You know, obviously it depends where in the, the 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 education journey the students are, um, but most of the students that I um, come across my modules are, are, have have been through the last two or three years with the pandemic, with very very altered education and they've come they've they've they, they, they've come in with sort of all sorts of different experiences and the the, the lecture yeah seems old-fashioned seems um uh seems yeah quite uh well it, it's it's clearly sort of going to be lacking in in interactivity but you have to to remember why why we have lectures one of one of the key ways is it's clearly a very efficient way of of getting information over to large numbers of students. You know, certainly in, in engineering, most of our classes are hundred plus students, sometimes three hundred odd students, and it's very difficult doing sort of small group teaching, um, highly interactive, with ten to twenty students at a time. It's um, it's it it it's yeah, it's very um very time consuming, um uh, and challenging. So the they, the the there are a number of problems here i think um yes I, I i i'd i'd agree that many students do find find lectures quite boring quite find it quite hard to to maintain focus for an extended time period and i think you don't really. If you're going to do lectures well, you don't want to be doing lectures with for, for 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 long periods of time. You want to break it up with you know small small group activities. Talk to your neighbour, um, uh, ask questions, get some discussion going as much as you possibly can. Um, but you know that's always going to be tricky with 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 to to really bring you know hundreds of students all together at the same time. I think there are other reasons for for lack of attendance. It's not just about being bored. By lectures, I think it's also about sort of ongoing concerns about COVID. Um, I think particularly, you know, in a, yeah, for for the students that are vulnerable, who have family members that are vulnerable, um, uh, that that continues to be a concern um, for, for 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 many people. I've seen that, and and I think think we certainly um, have more students who work part time. Um, and um uh, in the uk um we have a sort of cost of living crisis we have problems with you know student finances um and people you know find it more difficult to be to be on campus and i think um they 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 you know they they look for their learning elsewhere so it's yeah it's a, it's a, it's a number of different things and i think you 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 need to find ways in which you can bring more interaction into the classroom. Um and you can do that to an extent within within lectures, but but ultimately if you want to get a, a, a lot
1: of interaction, you've got to break your class down into small units. Mm. You know, you mentioned Nautopia. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to get into that a little bit more. You know, it is obviously an audio podcast. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about this virtual world you created and then Probably just as importantly, you know, tell us some ways that you use this virtual world and, and uh, yeah, Notopia.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Notopia. So um, Notopia was one of those three o'clock in the morning ideas that came to me. I've got to create this virtual teaching island to sort of to hang out with my students, you know, away from the the stress of the pandemic and and have fun and and it was yeah i'm going to call it notopia um and so that became sort of a a brand i suppose to some extent the um it's 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 a core virtual world that that i've created using the mozilla hubs platform um that that my students can access on the browser through a specific link that i provide them um and it's um yeah, there are a number of reasons for Mozilla Hubs. It's, uh, and I mentioned before about the importance of accessibility, um, runs on the browser. It's, uh, so it means it can run on, you know, any any device, including headsets. And that that was particularly important for me at the beginning of this, because I didn't have the, I didn't have the the um, evidence to take to senior management to say, can I have lots of headsets, please? Um, uh, I do now, but at the time I didn't have that. So the only students who came in on a, on a headset were the students who happened to have them already. Um, uh, so we're, you know, particularly those into gaming, I think. So I had four students in that first co- cohort that um, that had had headsets, and then since then I've had more. I've been able to start lending headsets out to students. We could potentially talk about that a bit later because that's the whole headset thing is an interesting one in higher ed um, in its own right. But the um, but the virtual world itself, Notopia, um, yeah, it was important that I had accessibility through the platform that I chose, and it was also really important for me as an educator that I had flexibility that I could I could build what I wanted, I could could use it for all sorts of different purposes, Um, and um, and that and I, I wasn't constrained by 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 a more corporate focused platform I think that was quite important and um and so and what's quite nice now is I actually feel I can sort of start to influence how Mozilla are taking things forward because they're very you know very listening um uh, organization so I think um so so yeah Notopia is a virtual world it's it's it it's not been fixed so so what what Notopia was, uh, this is the third year that I've run this module now. First one right in the heart of the pandemic last year that we were sort of coming out of things to some extent. This year, you know, we're completely out. But the module is still largely run run in VR, um, about VR. And I, I, I've i sort of, I've, I've, I've experimented to an extent with what Notopia is. Um, it's... It, it, and that's one of the one of the beauties of this. I can I can make it whatever I feel might be interesting this year. Sort of make it interesting for me as well as the students. So the first year was one of the default worlds within um, within Mozilla Hubs, um, which I sort of made gave it a Nottingham flavour. Last year I went down the full fantasy route. I made Notopia like a a castle flying in the sky um uh, taken on board that Nottingham as a city has its is very much a medieval city, um, has its has a lot of interest. It has a castle, you know, it's where Robin Hood is from. So mm. I um uh, so I made Notopia sort of floating castle in the sky where so it was like a castle campus type thing. And this year I thought I'd go a bit more sci-fi and made it sort of a sort of sort of a science fiction type building and a Notopia sort of floating um floating above a volcano. Um, uh, and I thought, you know, that would be interesting and, and, and there've been pros and cons of these different, different forms of Notopia over the year. But when it comes to, to what I've done in Notopia, then the first two years, it there's, it's been, there's basically been pre-recorded lectures. So there's pre-recorded lectures of me in VR Talking about you know various issues of interest like presence and immersion and fidelity and validity for simulators and embodiment and avatars and and you know talking about different different interesting issues, um, but it's me just talking talking to myself basically d- doing doing these lectures, um, and then the, the 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 synchronous aspect of the teaching has been students coming in for seminars related to. So this sort of flipped classroom type approach. They come in, they do, they 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 they, they watch the lectures hopefully, and most of them did seem to watch them um, online. Then they'd come in for small group teaching, um, and the they yeah I would do all sorts of different things in those seminars. Um, it might be treasure hunt type things, it might be whiteboard type activities, it might be. Um, uh let's try and think i've done got, got all sorts of things i did like sort of empathy workshop um this year where the students got to to be um wheelchair um users so they went um they all were able to choose a wheelchair avatar and then wander around notopia sort of getting a sense of what the world might be like now i'm sat in a wheelchair moving around so all these sorts of really interesting uses of vr um uh, have, have been quite cool you know we did another one where okay we'll we'll, we'll we'll go we'll go on a sort of a, a trip uh, from notopia to uh, to like um i created um the the jedi council from star wars so i'm a big sort of um, uh, big star wars fan so uh, so yeah used a sketchfab bottle got it working in hubs and we went to 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 um to the jedi council on coruscant in groups of sort of 12 to 15 students at a time and the students took on the persona of a jedi we're jedi masters we 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 know things we can we you know we're the ones with all the wisdom and they um and this was really interesting because it got the students talking even more than they would do normally because you know they they, they took on they took on this persona and we were just talking about issues to do with fidelity and validity for for simulators um in sort of design and training um uh, um training contexts but we um but we were doing it sort of thinking of ourselves as jedi masters sort of with all the knowledge so so you can do all these different things in these seminars and um yeah i so so there's been this combination of Of lectures, uh, pre-recorded lectures last year, and seminars this year. I thought I'd I'd see what it was like to actually do live lectures, Um, and I I kept the seminars. The seminars are the most important thing from my perspective. But I thought, okay, well, instead of just putting the lectures up for them to, to to look at, let's let's have like a session where everyone can come along. Now, in these sorts of platforms, you can't have too many people in the room um at the um and this has become a bit of a, an issue for me because my classes i suppose not surprisingly become more and more popular um before covid i, I it's, my module is a final year optional module for engineering students and human factors human computer interaction postgrad students um but i would typically have about 30 35 students on my module i now have 122 so my module is like way more popular and you think, well, how can I do this still in the way that I want to do it um, without it you know, drain a lot of my time? So I thought, OK, well, I'll get into live lectures, but I can only have 20 to 25 students as avatars in the room with me with the sort of limitations of, of social VR platforms on the, on, the, on the browser. But I can have lots of students watching live from the lobby um through a, you know a high quality video live sort of live stream and um and the attendance has been really high for that it's been you know it's been sort of 80 90% all semester so the students you know have enjoyed coming along and watching watching me in vr sort of um sort of you know doing my stuff um and 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 i think that's just been an interesting exercise in its own right i think um you know they recorded so they can go back and they can watch it watch it afterwards as well in the way they would have done with a pre-recording. It brings up various tech issues. It's not as slick as when it's just me doing a pre-recorded um, session, but it does mean that I can be updating every year, if you might like. I could sort of be there and I'm in the room with them. So
1: then I have my students with me. Speaking of that, like, I want to circle back to something because mm-hmm. some educator, some educators still see this as like almost – Harry Potter magic wand like abilities. How So how hard was it for you to create? Like you said, you started out where you just took like a template mm-hmm. virtual world from Mozilla hubs, which meant you didn't have to create much yourself. You yeah. just yeah. were able to go in there and maybe plop a few basic assets that were already sort of there. But then you said second year, you started to get more creative and innovative about adapting the world so it was more you know fantastical mm-hmm. again like I said for for someone who's new to VR they're like what like yeah, how yeah, hard think, yeah. how hard was this for you? Like is this in your mind for some of your colleagues at your college or university? Is this just way beyond them? Or do you think this is something that you could easily teach others, other educators yeah, or colleagues? Th- th- this, th- this has been an
0: interesting part of the journey as well, I think. Um I I sort of one of the one of the nice things about these social VR platforms is this ability to to start to to be creative yourself. And I suppose I've personally got quite into that. I think you 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 know you can take template worlds and you can do some some nice things with that. Um I I felt that there was there was there were some things that were missing there that I wanted to have in my world. For the students so I'll, I'll i'll give you an example i i wanted to have um what i've called an utopia bubble so i wanted to have like a 360 360 images or 360 videos that you could just walk into um, from from the the core, the core space um and that they could that could change from week to week so you know it's based on what what the the topic is for for the for the current week so what, one one week it might be uh I know a virtual city because we're going to talk about um uh, sort of futuristic vehicles um within a world um another an, a, another week um you, it might be showing images of of the student avatars that they chose to sort of like a, a 360 class photo type thing so i i wanted this and i wanted to be something that i could walk into and this was i wanted my world to sort of fit with that um so it, it yeah i think i think um coming up with your own worlds was something that i sort of quickly realized would be a useful thing for me to do um and you're right yeah they're, they're, this is the sort of thing that might put 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 certain colleagues off there, there there's plenty of spaces that people can use that that already exist um uh, and so the, particularly the more corporate platforms will have very specifically sort of tailored sort of an the, the, the efficient worlds um that work with I sort of realized that actually the whole thing of I realized that this could start to start to expand my learning outcomes for the module to some extent, and there was interest from the students when they were going. Oh, it would be really nice if we could we could learn a bit about these virtual worlds and how how they work ourselves. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start changing my assessments to make them a bit more authentic to what's going on in this module now. And so I brought in this year for the first time uh, a team team task. For the students to build their own portion of the metaverse um, and so I gave them different contexts and they had to design a virtual world they had to build it in their teams using Mozilla software spoke but you can also use um, Blender as a sort of 3D modeling um, package um, uh, to, um, that can help a lot and they would yeah they would have to build this world but then they would have to reflect on the human factors issues associated with that type of world and by by bringing in a a, a poster to to put into the world so you have yeah the and and the students really got into this this was like new new skills for them um, uh, they, they they you know they're reflecting on what it's like to 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 do this this type of work um and to to, to and what the, the the human factors issues might be for a i don't know a a healthcare related uh, virtual world or a um something for a future festival organizer or you know i don't know what it but there were lots of different contexts and they it's it. it yeah, this wasn't too challenging for the students. I think some students found it more challenging than others. And obviously, I'm working with, with engineering students and computing students, and these are potentially easier than, you know, it might be in other sectors. Um, but it's, yeah, I think these tools will only get better and easier. And I think, I think there's just something quite nice to just having your own sort of ownership about it and just having it sort of personalized to what you, you want to do with your students.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you already are getting into, you know, another big question that I think everyone wonders about. And that is, you know, we're waiting with bated breath for some sort of amazing research study to to sort of back up that, you know, virtual reality wor- worlds and, and VR is sort of this magic bullet that we mm-hmm. need for education. But, you know, you've collected lots of metrics already along the way that, you know, I'm interested in hearing whether that's qualitative Mm -hmm. or quantitative sort of feedback from the last three years, you know, tell us a bit about some of the stuff that you've collected uh, to, to give people a taste for what VR is certainly doing in, you know, your, your neck of the woods.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously they, they, this is still in in many ways a relatively new research area for me, you know, and, 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 and the, 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 the driving research carries on going And you know, the, as we come, come out of the pandemic all the car companies, they're selling their metal boxes. They've got lots of interesting research studies they want to to, to talk to me about. Um, and, um, and then there's this new th- whole sort of thing about sort of virtual reality and, 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 and education or particularly higher education. The, um, that what you realize is that actually there's a lot of a lot of papers out there showing all sorts of benefits of VR in education and uh, you know I've, you know I've, I've realized just in the last year or two there's been at least three um, meta reviews of 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 this area demonstrating that the vast majority of studies show benefits um, uh, certain learning benefits for for students whether or not it's um, it's sort of primary school students or, or in the UK we sort of talk secondary school students or or higher education students in different disciplines all sorts of different benefits and the vast majority of studies show benefits now I I have lots of quantitative data qualitative data um, but I've my, my what I've done is not set up as an experiment I don't have half my students learning in one way and half my students learn in another way ethically i couldn't do that um uh, i um i have and my as i mentioned before my assessments are changing so i can't really even change but really sort of compare from one year to the next um what i do have is is lots of data showing student engagement um uh, and and that being way higher than than than, than I might have had in in modules, you know, doing teaching this sort of thing in the past, or or comparable modules um, that, that my colleagues might run. Um, I have high attendance. I have um, I have students filling in surveys saying how much they absolutely love this and that's, um, that. You know, it's been it's they 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 not only feel like they've learned quite a lot, they feel like that this is going to be such an important thing for them going forward in their careers. I think this is like a, this is a huge part of it as well, that they go into need to have these experiences of VR to take them from the generation of Roblox and Fortnite users, et cetera, to the, to the generation of um, people working in the metaverse. If we want to use, use the M word, the, 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 yeah they, they 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 the the world of higher ed um is that bridge between those those worlds and and they and, and and they and they need to have that so so they really see the value of 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 this um of this module um for that so you know they there, there are sort of metrics that you would argue sort of link you know quantitative metrics that you would link to engagement you know, not just um in terms of things like um, the, the, how how much they're, they're they're talking to each other, how much they're interacting with the with the things that I put in the world. One of the things that I haven't mentioned so far, which to me is a really interesting part of of, of virtual worlds, is that they're persistent. That that's a virtual. I basically have a space for my students that's there twenty four seven. I don't have that in a timetabled lecture slot. I go I know my have my 2 hour timetabled slots. I come along and then other people come along and use it afterwards. Now I have this as a space for my students anytime and I know my students go into that space outside of timetabled slots and I put stuff in there for them. I put th- you know I hide things in there for them to find. I put quizzes in there. I I put the lecture slides in in advance. I don't you know I I could put them up on the 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 the, the 2D online platform in advance but to me that's boring i I, the the students much prefer it when i put it in the virtual world and they can go in with their friends and have a look at the slides in advance so so you have those benefits of a persistent space which um
1: which 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 i think is actually really quite powerful i've never thought of that that's actually and i've had several talks on this podcast and that's one that's never been brought up so you know thanks for yeah it's it's it's, 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 a, it's a huge it's a huge issue because
0: you it, it's a student it's it's a space for your students for your students it's it's their, their their community um and so so you know they they'll yeah they'll go out there hang out there and of course you also have that potential for water cooler moments that bump you know serendipity serendipitous sort of uh, sort of um, um conversations and and that certainly happened for me i'd go into the virtual world and in order to because i was setting something up you know related to next week or whatever and there'd be a couple of students in there and we'd go oh we'd ha- we'd have a quick conversation about something um and that you know that could happen in the corridor of the of campus potentially but i don't know i think this sort of raises all sorts of new possibilities as well i think
1: you mentioned that you provide uh, equity when it comes to how they enter the space. That mm-hmm. is to say, some students may not have a headset, so they could enter on the computer and go into the space just using their keyboard. Mm-hmm. But you also said that there were, I think you said four, and that number has now been growing, mm-hmm. uh, students that are donning a virtual reality headset, being more immersed and embodied with this headset is that a trend? Do you do you predict or hypothesize that you know next year more kids will choose the headset route and less will choose the computer route?
0: Yeah, so 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 this is this is a whole interesting thing as well. So um, yeah, the, the, those that first year when there were four students, it was quite obvious they were expert users. They were very comfortable with their headsets and they 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 stood out from the others because they were they were more obviously engaged because because they you know they they you could see their head movement and and they're more easily able to express themselves because they have hands in the world because when 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 the avatars are on the desktop they may not necessarily move and you're not you're not sure whether or not the student is there or not whereas the um, for 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 students on the headset, it's very obvious that they're there because if they take the headset off, their head just flops over to the side. So it's very obvious; it looks like they're dead. But they, that they, they really, um, yeah, they were very obviously engaged. Last year, I got into okay. I got the the, the the faculty was very kind to provide to the finances for me to get twenty headsets. And no, I think it was fifteen, maybe seventeen headsets. And I sort of was going, well, okay, how am I going to get these headsets to students in a sort of in an equitable way? And it was well, I'm going to provide the opportunity for you to borrow them one week at a time, um, and you would use the headsets um, and um, and and in at least one of the Notopia sessions um uh, and you know we had a training session with them and then they could sort of take it away um quite a lot of the students took up that option um but there were still concerns about covid at that time as well so, so quite a few of the students didn't come to, on, to campus they weren't so confident about coming in there was obviously more issues about hygiene and stuff like that and i um the they, they, they yeah they were they, they, they're not all students sort of took up that offer um the biggest so what I found was that some students really got into that and they absolutely loved it and they they spent load, most of that week just using it all the time and then there were other students who were coming into the sessions who clearly hadn't prepared and they became they 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 weren't engaged with the session because they were still learning to use the headset and kept asking questions and they became a distraction to others and and this was problematic um uh, for me so so i decided this year that i would i would have some in person sessions at the beginning of the cl- of the of the of the module um, and one of the reasons for those in person sessions was to get students to all have a go on a headset so I, so so this was you know pretty time consuming we had i think 20 25 headsets and we we're trying to get through 120 odd students so that they, they all had a go and then i got them i i, I put out a survey uh, of the students to who were most um were a most interested in in continuing with using headsets and b didn't experience any symptoms of sickness because there will be students you know with the current sort of hardware who will you know will f- have elements of um uh, of vr induced sickness so so yeah i i need um to sort of to to be sure that the the students who um, t- who who then might take up the offer of a headset are going to be you know going to going to receive them well the um then what happened is that those students so i had i think maybe 35 students were really really keen but i could only give out i think it was 21 22 headsets in the end with a few sort of spare and they then had the, the 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 headset for the whole of the rest of the semester, and this is something that um, the academics at Stanford have got into. It's really important that you people build up expertise, and that their their experiences will get more and more positive the more use of the headset they have. Um, and this guy Jeremy Balenson at Stanford, who's got into this, um, uh, with just how how the experiences are impacted by by how much, how long-term their, their use is. So, so I, I had these students and they've been using headsets and they've just been, you can tell that they, these students have, have generally been really into it and they, they're, 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 they're very engaged in the sessions. I want to do some more analysis of this because I think I, I can, can pick up all sorts of issues on things like how much they talk, how much they engage with, with the, with the session for, compared to the, to the students on the desktop. So, um, yeah, I think, um, Headsets is just an ongoing experiment, really. Um, and of course, in my ideal world, everyone would have the opportunity to have a headset right from the beginning. But then I need to, I get, I need my faculty to to to, to buy one hundred and twenty, probably by next year, one hundred and fifty headsets, and 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 I need a way of managing them. You know where are these headsets going? How are they being lent out to students? Who's doing all the training? These are all you know. They need to be cleaned, and, and there, there are so many different issues to do with the use of these sorts of headsets. And of course, you know what happens. You know, with the next, how, how out of date will these headsets get? So yeah. it's it's a real yeah, loads of loads of interesting issues.
1: Or does it becomes hopefully ubiquitous to the extent where just like a textbook, we say to the students, okay, you know, go to the, the library or go to the bookstore and, you know, part of your entry into college or university is yeah, you have yeah. to either rent or purchase a yeah, headset. Or, yeah, but...
0: it, could, well, it could well be that, um, yeah, I, 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 one of the things I do at the beginning of each year is ask how many students have already got a headset and and that's interesting as well first first year i said four. Second year i think it was 6 this year it was about 7 or 8 so so that's slowly going up now it'll be interesting what it is next year and whether or not that starts to really accelerate so that students just happen to have headsets anyway um and that that yeah that 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 could could make life a lot easier because they're coming in already as expert users
1: yeah and this is a great sort of intersection towards uh, another key question I wanted your opinion on. So Mm -hmm. there, there are other VR apps out there that focus on learning and, you know, given your expertise, uh, you know, I often comb SideQuest. SideQuest has all these sort of up and coming apps that are sort of in beta or alpha version. And a couple of them that caught my attention because I'm in more of a K to 12 space was two driving apps. Now these, these, these driving apps run in the Quest headset, which means you don't have the uh, the affordance of a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. You have to use your uh, handheld controller, so it's not really like driving a car. But one in particular that I thought was creative, and again, I wanted your opinion on this, Gary, was it was more or less just getting younger students, you know, 14, 15, 16 year olds, more astute about the issue of distracted driving. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they don the headset, the car starts to move slowly and then, you know, something jumps out at them on the road and they have to, you know, flip a few things. But again, is this okay? Or is, you know, the UI, the mechanics so off because you're not holding a steering wheel, nor are you pushing pedals. That maybe this might be a miss. What's your opinion on some of these apps that are trying to to replicate yeah. the real world, but are so off when it comes to what the real yeah, world? this is. is this is a good example
0: of where where the, the you know all this research and that this new research related to teaching start to sort of overlap. They um, so. So this is one of the things that I do actually teach the students about is this relationship between fidelity, so the faithfulness with which reality is represented in your simulation, you know, in whether that's in, in what we might traditionally think of as VR or or a simulator, um, and then issues of validity, um, or possibly sort of transfer training. So how much is it actually represent related to 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 um to 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 drive in performance and drive in behavior as it would be expected in the real world the um i there's been lots of studies on these sorts of things over the years and i think um it's still pretty much the view that 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 the the best simulators or the the sim the best simulators that are fit for purpose um in driving have you in a vehicle using vehicle controls you 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 need to be have those touch points um uh, and 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 to have the sort of visual angles that are associated particularly if it's to do with driver distraction that you're interested in then you need to be looking through a looking through a windscreen you need to be um have the 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 a pillars in front of you and and the best way of getting that is to have a real car buck that people people go through the process of opening the door getting in putting on the seat belts this all helps with that whole concept of presence that feeling that you're somewhere different to where you actually are and that you know you're on a journey in this car and and we really see that in our simulator people get into this real um audi tt car they they all the 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 visual angles um, are correct. All the controls um, are where you expect them to be. Your seating position is how you would expect it to be. You you feel the steering wheel. You feel the feedback. You you know when you look out to the outside world, everything's where you expect it to be. And that just and you know the key is things, things like mirrors. You know your mirror displays. These are um, yeah they need to be where you expect the mirrors to be. And they they need to be they need to be not just in um um uh, in sort of 2D space but in 3D space so th- so this is um yeah so all these things really make a quite and many studies including studies of our own have shown that that just makes a massive difference
1: to people's behavior and their performance in the world i'm mindful of time so i want to mm-hmm. i want to leave w- leave with a couple more questions just to wrap up and one of them has to do with you know I can't help but envision, I know you've, with Notopia, you've used, you know, asynchronous and then synchronous mm-hmm. teaching modalities to meet your curriculum. Where are you at as far as your goals to be able to, you know, we're kind of talking about it in our last question, and that is to have kids in this VR space where they could, you know, spawn a car, put seats in, mm-hmm. you know, ad- ad- adjust some of the uh, parts to the car to get into more of the cognitive curriculum that you've talked about, instead of right now, you're kind of teaching about the metaverse and virtual worlds. Is it your hope that you, you know, the technology becomes so mature that you'll be able to to deal with, you know, real car parts and real, you know, I guess not real, virtual car parts and virtual car performances within sort of these 3D worlds? Is Is that kind of a hope and a dream of yours? Or is it, so far off right now that you don't even think about it
0: yeah so there so 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 it's interesting having done so uh, done the module for the third year in a row and what what i may you know what i've learned this year and what what might change in relation to next year i think the plat- the platforms will 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 keep increasing in you know their functionality um and and their the the, the that that how much interaction is possible within the world you know i have done things already in terms of 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 designing the the interfaces for a future robo taxi type service by bringing in a sort of Go- a waymo type waymo car google car type thing into them and getting students to sort of to, to start you know bringing in other 3d assets um just through sketchfab that they can you know quick in in live in class that they could could interact with now that that will just get you know more and more powerful will will more things are, are, are likely to be possible um and yeah i think i what i one of them, one of my challenges going forward is how i can try to 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 get the seminar time long enough for me to, to have, you know, a good session with the students whilst still having more and more students. Um, and, and this, you know, this requires resource. I can't multiply myself in the metaverse yet. <laughs> Maybe, I don't, who who knows, go, you know, going further forward, but um, it's, um, it's challenging to, 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 to do these sorts of, um classes as 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 modules get bigger and bigger the um i definitely um yeah i definitely want to have more headsets i think or sort of um and 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 have that as the default way in which people access the world and yeah fk headsets not for you desktops at perfectly fine but um but i would i think I feel quite strongly that the students on the headsets are the students that are they're going to be the most engaged. There's so much. And I, I got feedback from this last year, actually, when I, we had a survey related to headsets versus desktop. Um, the, the students on the, 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 the desktop said they were much more prone to distraction. In those classes. You know, it's just, you know, other things come up on their phone, come up on their on their desktop computer, on their laptop. And, you know, and they their avatars there, but but they're not there, if you like, cognitively. Whereas on the headset, clearly they are. Um uh, and and I think that that's the, the 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 way to go forward. Um the these are all things of interest related to me and my module going forward. Um a, a a longer term goal for me is is how i take this beyond my module and how this starts to 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 feed into colleagues modules but also starting to work maybe at program level so it's not just about gary's module it's about this degree this um this course and that 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 has to go beyond me it has to go you know to you have to start engaging with senior management you you with IT with with a whole variety of different people to start thinking about how you can have programs where the sort of the metaverse teaching part of it is is core to the to the whole program there there may well be many in person experiences as well but but there's a there's a there's a core sort of metaverse aspect to it all
1: Mm. And what what advice would you give college and professors or university professors who, you know, maybe they're on the fence, they're not Mm -hmm. quite convinced, They, you know, hopefully they listen to this podcast, but they're like, you know, I I still, you know, I'm not sure. What advice would you give them to to try and break up their lectures maybe through something like this? Well, especially
0: what you what you want to do is have a play with some of the some of the platforms that are out there particularly the ones on the on the browser the 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 two obvious ones are Mozilla Hubs and Frame VR um uh, as um and you know there are different instances of this where people have created their own versions from there but 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 that's that though those are two obvious platforms just to have a play around with and think about what you might want to do in your in in your teaching and um, that might use that and and you know i've i've obviously looked at it in the context of across a whole module but you could look at it as 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 a way of of of, of sort of one off sessions where we're going to you know we're going to go into the metaverse today for a particular particular session you know related to i don't know it's it's a you you, you work in geography and we're going to go to on a field trip on a virtual field trip to a particular thing or you work in biology and we're going to to look at a you know a particular um uh, sort of subatomic subatomic particle or or some you know some sort of chemical reaction or whatever but you can do certain things um quite quite easily that might break up um uh, break up your break up your classes and just the last thing i think is that you 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 do need to keep testing things so just just yeah, my one of my key experiences from this is just um, just keep on top of just test it, test it at home, test it on campus. You know, I had issues with um, with firewalls over the summer where where I realized that on on campus. Um, uh, um, Most of the hubs didn't work anymore, and it was all to do with firewalls and sort of, and had to engage with IT security and all these sorts of things. You just need
1: to sort of be on top of all these things. Mm. Amazing. Listen, Gary, thanks so much for coming on the show, and mm-hmm. and more importantly, paving the way again. I, you know, I can't help. It wasn't that long ago where I was in university as a mm-hmm. student, and and uh, always appreciated those professors or uh, instructors who were pushing the envelope, thinking of new and creative and innovative ways to make the classes a little more interactive. So uh, kudos to you, mm-hmm. and kudos uh, for pushing this amazing, in my humble opinion anyway, amazing uh, new medium. So thanks so much. Great. Thank you
0: very much. Yeah, it's been good fun.
1: Have a great day. Yeah, Cheers.